Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today with Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. Coming up on NBA Today, Damian Lillard is set on going to Miami. Adrian Wojnarowski, he takes us inside all the trade talks swirling around the point guard. Plus, the Dallas Mavericks, they're making moves, and we have the grades to accompany them. Big Perk, he has some big thoughts on Luka and Kyrie's squad. And NBA Summer League, it is in full swing. So we have the must-see highlights so far from the first two days of action. NBA Today starts right now. Welcome to NBA Today. We're going to be in Las Vegas tomorrow, actually. But today, we start in Portland. I'm Malika Andrews. He is senior NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski. And Woj, you wrote a story this morning on ESPN Plus, and it details Damian Lillard's trade request. And there's one line that I found particularly interesting. It says, for the summer, Joe Cronin is betting on the market over Miami. So what is Cronin's position here? Yeah, Malika, I think what Joe Cronin has told teams, the Blazers GM, are, are the things that he values in a trade for Damian Lillard, uh, you know, certainly multiple first-round draft picks, uh, picks that would be considered good picks. You certainly want picks that could be as high in the draft uh, as possible, good young players, you know, players who uh, perhaps on rookie-scale contracts, uh, that would be impactful uh, for a rebuilding team like uh the Blazers. And so, you know, that's where you start uh, when you go out in the marketplace and look for a trade for Damon Lillard. And you look at a team like Miami, where Damian Lillard has asked to go. Mm. Um, they've been a contender for several years. They haven't drafted high. They haven't gathered up. You know, look, look at the picks that uh, New Orleans got from the Lakers and the Anthony Davis deal, what Brooklyn got from the Nets, or from uh, the Suns, Mikhail Bridges, Brandon Ingram, those kind of players. Now, that was a different day in the NBA. And But if you're the Blazers, that's where you start out in this process, is searching the marketplace, targeting the teams that have the kind of assets you want. But as time goes on, if you don't have the kind of offers you want from those teams, or any offers at all, then typically you start to have to lower your asking price and look elsewhere. And that's you know, where Miami will still be a part of this process because if they're a motivated team, uh, they have first-round picks to give. Uh, they have a young player in Tyler Hero who's on a big contract, $120 million over four years, that Portland doesn't want to take on Tyler Hero. But there will be third teams who would take on Tyler Hero and then send assets. Maybe it's one pick. Maybe it's two picks in a deal uh, to to Miami for them to give to Portland or directly to Portland. That's all part of the process. But when it's the first week of July, training camp doesn't start until the end of September. You know, there's no rush for Portland yeah. uh, to have to rush uh, to move into anything quickly. Uh, but certainly for them, their priority. Let's see if we can find the kind of assets we run around the league before we would have to think about settling uh, potentially. 
for what Miami has. You, you write so poignantly, this is the trade of Joe Cronin's NBA life. It doesn't have to go quickly, but it does have to go right, and that sums it up so well. So that's how Portland is approaching this. But what about Damian Lillard's camp? Yeah, Damian Lillard's agent is uh, telling teams, some who have interest in Damian Lillard, some who have varying degrees uh, about who they think might be involved or potentially involved in trade talks for Lillard, that he wants to be in Miami. Uh, that if he was traded to their team, uh, that is not the Heat, that he would be an unhappy player there. Now, he has four years left on his contract, and I think those teams, when you talk to executives, that's not what would stop them necessarily from trading for Damon Lillard or being involved in it. I think they all believe, uh, certainly most of them believe, uh, that he would default back to his uh, professionalism to the way he works, the way he wants to win, um, that ultimately that's the Damian Lillard you would get. Mm. The bigger question for teams who are thinking about a Lillard offer or how much they'd be willing to offer for Lillard is his contract. He is 32 years old. When he is 35 and 36, he will average $60 million a year uh, on his contract. He did an extension in Portland last year. And you saw it with Bradley Beal on his contract at $208 million, how limited uh, Washington was and what they could get back. Now, part of that was uh, Beal had a no-trade clause. He could veto any deal. Uh, he, could only, he, only was gonna be able to, he was only going to go where he wanted to go. Lillard doesn't have that no-trade clause, but I think you are starting to see with this new collective bargaining agreement, uh, the new salary cap, uh, the idea of players in their 30s and in their mid-30s who are in making 50, 60 million dollars a year. There's a different appetite for that now in the league than maybe just even a year ago. So I think for the Miami Heat, uh, they may very well end up being uh, the, the suitor who lands uh, Damian Lillard at the end of this. But I think there's a long road to that. And it really matters how much of a stomach Portland is going to have in the end to hold on to Damian Lillard. If they don't like yeah. the trades that are out there, do they bring him back to training camp? Do they start the season? Do they hope that as the season gets going, that people's attitudes toward what they were willing to offer in the summer, they might change during the year when their team struggles to start or there's pressure from an owner, from another star player to add them. Those things aren't always um, as relevant in the summertime, especially after free agency. And so it is a question of how long Portland We'll keep going down this road to see, can we get what we want? Is the market going to get better? Uh, but their initial reaction is, we're not going to just trade Damian Lillard to Miami because he wants to go there if there is not a deal that we see uh, that makes sense for us. Well, and certainly it's a time-honored tradition for agents to call around to say, don't trade for my star player unless this is the place he wants to go. It's something we've seen before, nothing to be right. alarmed by. Woj, as always, thank you for your time. I do want to bring Brian Windhorst, Mark Spears, Kendrick Perkins into this conversation because, Perk, with all of the reporting that Adrian Wojnarowski has done, he said that in the end, when it comes down to it, Portland's going to take its time. There's a duty that it has, that Joe Cronin has to the organization here, and it could be a little bit of a staring contest in the end. It comes down down to that appetite for that. So how much of a stomach do you think that Damian Lillard, maybe his agent, are willing to have in order to make things happen toward Miami? Well, a stomach that's not bigger than mine, I tell you that much. And the longer they keep prolonging this, the worse this situation is going to get when it comes down to the relationship. Like, this, is, this was supposed to be, or this is supposed to be a peaceful separation between the two parties. Now, when you see 
you know, Goodwin reach out to those teams. It's, it's, it's some animosity there now. And, and the longer you prolong this, the more beef and tension is going to happen. And to me, that's not how it should be. And I get it. It's Cronin's job to do whatever's best for, for the uh, Portland Trailblazers, but I'm going to keep harping on this. It is also their responsibility to make sure they do right by Damian Lillard, a guy that is going to have a statue outside of that arena, a guy that has kept that, re that organization relevant for the past 11 seasons when they were at their lowest points. We were turning on the television. Not to watch the entire team of Portland, but to watch Damian Lillard go for 50s and 60s and just light the world on fire. So at the end of the day, I know a lot of people say, oh, they don't owe him nothing. Yes, they do. They deserve and they're supposed to do right by him. I, I, there's a balance, right? I mean, maybe I'm, it's my glass half full here, Brian. I do believe that at the end of the day, the Blazers are going to do right by Damian Lillard, and that's nothing other than, than a gut feeling. Do you see Miami still as the most likely destination when it's all said and done? Well, it depends just on how – it depends on how much Brooklyn is – or how much uh, – the Blazers are going to really focus on getting the draft picks that they want. As Woj said, they, the, the Heat can give them a couple of first-round picks. It's possible they could make another deal and maybe get them a third first-round pick. Mm. But if they're Miami Heat first-round picks, how valuable are they? That's kind of what Woj is saying in this article and what he just said here. And so that makes me wonder if the, if the Blazers are not keeping their eye closely on Brooklyn and possibly also Utah. And the reason I bring those teams up is that those teams have draft picks to trade that are not theirs. The Nets have the picks from Houston that they got for, um, you know, in the Harden deal. I'm sorry, in the, uh, the picks from Dallas that they got and the picks from Phoenix that they got in the Durant deal. They have a pick from Philadelphia. They have draft picks that are not theirs that they can trade. So if you trade Dame Willard there and they become a really good team, they can, they can do that. And Dallas... Um, you know, we don't know how long that's going to stick together. We don't know how long it's going to stick together in Phoenix. And you look at Utah, and I think that they're probably on the outside of this, but yeah. Utah has the best portfolio picks in the league, and they have picks from Cleveland and Minnesota years into the future. So it just depends on me. If that is what Portland is going to prioritize, I don't know if Miami can ever deliver it. Well, and then it's, it goes back to what Woj outlined, too, just speaking hypothetically about the Jazz. It's does Damian Lillard fit their timeline? Does he fit with what they're trying to do there after they prioritize kind of going a little bit younger here? At the end of the day, Mark, how long is this going to drag on? Could be a while, but uh, just before the show, I talked to uh, Aaron Goodwin, Damian Lillard's agent, and he said that he and Portland Trailblazers general manager Joe Cronin had a really good discussion today, uh, and that adds obviously, obviously on top of Woj's great report. Uh, Aaron is hopeful that uh, over the next couple days in Las Vegas, where everybody will be, that the Miami Heat, the Portland Trailblazers will get in a room, hopefully hash something out. Um, uh, he, you know, added that Dame still wants to go to Miami. Uh, that is his preferred choice. That's his only choice. And he's, you know, attracted to playing with Bam, attracted to playing with Jimmy, attracted to the no state tax and what he could do from a marketing standpoint there. And I know Aaron is, you know, typically what agents do is when you're trying to get something done like this, you hit the phones and you try to find something that also the team 
uh, like the Blazers could be interested in. So I'm, I'm hearing that there's been over like five to seven teams that could be interested in be involved in a multiplayer trade for yep. Damon Lillard. And if it gets done, I wouldn't be surprised if four teams are involved. We know the list. It's Miami, Miami, Miami. But as all of you gentlemen know, what happens tomorrow? Everyone flies to Las Vegas. Everyone starts getting in those rooms together, and it separates who is going to be the people that are just making a phone call saying, hey, we feel like we need to check this box and check in, and who are the folks who are actually going to have a package coming in the next couple of days, weeks, months, whatever it is, that is serious, that is attractive to Portland, and that ultimately gets Damian Lillard also what he wants, because, of course, that is in the back of Joe Cronin's mind. But I do want to get to a move that happened last night, guys, because the Celtics, they said, Grant Williams to Dallas. That's via a sign and train, so he could give a boost to the Mavs defense. It fell off last season. Here are the numbers of what I'm talking about. After ranking seventh in defensive efficiency, that was in the 21-22 season, they went on to reach the West Finals, of course. Then they plummeted to 25th defensively last year when they didn't even reach the playoffs. So, Brian, what do you think? Have the Mavs done enough this offseason? Well, I've got feelings on all three sides of this trade. Give me all, um, I think all the feelings. Mavs have done a good job. <laughs> I think the Mavs have done a good job of building up their roster. It was kind of hollowed out after the Kyrie Irving trade. Uh, I think a lot of Grant Williams. I think he's a typical player, or a, t- a prototypical player you'd want to have on a playoff team. Um, is a leader in the locker room. Can play def- defense on several different positions. Can score from the inside and outside. He is not as good of a defender as Dorian Finney-Smith. But he is a reasonable replacement, and that's the guy that was at the centerpiece of what they sent for Brooklyn for Kyrie Irving. In Boston, I get that they didn't really have in the budget to pay Grant Williams on a four-year deal. They are going to probably be paying Jalen Brown huge dollars very soon. Mm. They just extended Chris Haps Porzingis. They have Jason Tatum on the max, and they're going to have to pay him more. I get that. But they basically just offloaded salary here. And I know they're throwing the tax. I'm not even feeling bad about it, but the player that they could have gotten if they had just done a straight trade with Dallas was Reggie Bullock. I would much rather have Reggie Bullock on my roster than have nothing, the two second round picks. But he would have cost $10 million and the Celtics are already well in the luxury tax. They just didn't do it. I'm not criticizing them. I'm just, it's a missed opportunity. And congratulations to the San Antonio Spurs. I just want to bring this up. They got a free player. They got a free, you know, wing defensive 3 and D player that they can keep or flip later, and they got a pick swap out of this. They come out, in my mind, with a grade A in this transaction. I like what the Mavs are doing. I see, you know, all right, shooting and defense. And obviously we saw them go after Curry. We saw them uh, now land uh, Grant Williams. It, it, to me, the Matisse Thibel was trying to, again, get into the where, where they were lacking. But Perk... I got to ask you about Boston side of all this. I know you weren't happy after Marcus Smart. How you feeling now? I'm damn so not feeling good after this one. Listen, here's the thing. <laughs> you need dogs in order to win the championship. And the Celtics this past offseason just got rid of two pit bulls that they had in the <laughs> locker room and Marcus Smart and Grant Williams. Like, you can't replace that. I don't care about guys that play hard. That's one thing. But when you play hard and play with tenacity, the noise talking, the getting into your face, not being uh, afraid to ruffle the feathers, you cannot replace that. And there's no team 
in the history of sports that hasn't had those dogs on their roster in order for them competing and winning for a championship. I don't know if the Celtics have something coming down the pipeline or Brad Stevens and Austin Angels working in that front office right now about to get something done. But right now, I am not, again, for the second or third week in a row, I am not happy with what the moves and how it was happening down there in the bean town. I'm not. I'm not pleased. All right. Well, we're going to keep an eye on them through the rest of the offseason. Keep checking in with you, Perk. Want to make sure that you end up feeling good about this. Uh, coming up on NBA Today, though, Mark, we need to get to Summer League because Scoot Henderson, Chet Holmgren, are they the biggest threats to Victor Wembanyama for Rookie of the Year? We're going to discuss some early returns from Summer League and predictions for Las Vegas. And speaking of... Did you guys see what Keegan Murray did last night? He showed up. He showed out for the Kings. Full highlights from his 40-piece wing dinner. Did I say that right, Perk? 40-piece wing dinner? Plus, Bobby Marks, he joins with some wild card teams that could trade for Damian Lillard. Don't go anywhere. We're just getting started here on NBA Today. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Summer League, off to a hot start. We haven't even made it to Vegas yet. And Mark, yesterday, we asked you which player you should watch. You nailed it. Let's show everyone who missed it what happened because Keegan Murray, he was on fire. He started out just where he left off in the regular season. Remember, he shot 41% from three for the Sacramento Kings last year. Pulls up, gets that one to go. And then once again, a little dribble. Handoff, three-pointer, that's good too. Still in the third quarter here. Once again, run it back. Another dribble handoff. Gets it to go. And then in the fourth quarter, Murray, catch, shoot, cash. He had 41 points, the most in a summer league game since 2009. I love when they do that in Golden One. Keegan Murray. And then we get to Chet Holmgren. We're going to pick this one up in the second quarter. Chet, rather the first. A block on big body Roddy there. Ooh, elevates. And then Chet again, a little turnaround jumper. He kept cooking. Third quarter here. Chet going to work, slams it down. He had 10 points, 11 rebounds, three blocks in this game. And one more for good measure at the rim. I think we might need to see that one more time. Woo-wee. This is what Summer League's all about, getting excited for next season already. And then we have the Hornets and the Warriors. Brandon Miller, he struggled a little bit in this one. 
Miller right here on defense. Commits the foul. He had more fouls than points in this one, but sometimes it takes a little bit. And then Miller again on defense here. Watch him. Nice move. Allows the layup. Miller had six points, seven assists, eight fouls in this game. So it's been a little bit of an adjustment here for Miller. He struggled a bit with the fouls, the turnover so far in summer league. He did have seven assists, though, yesterday, which is more than he had in any college game last season. So there are some flashes. Uh, back here with our panel, though, Mark, you've spoken to folks working with Charlotte, with their summer league team. What are they saying about Miller here? Well, they're optimistic. I've been texting with Marlon Garnett, their summer league head coach. He loves his basketball IQ and his ability to score. But, hey, man, a young fella got to be more aggressive. This is summer league. Uh, Matt Barnes said it best. I'd rather him shoot 30 times and make two than shoot two. Uh, so, you know, Brandon Miller um, needs to be more aggressive. Marlon Garnett said that after the first game. And I expect, with Steve Clifford being on the road with the team, him pushing him in Las Vegas to be more aggressive offensively. That's why they got him. And that's what Summer League is for, is to work out all the kinks. And uh, he has to get out of that corner, move around, get the point guards to throw him the ball. But I expect him to be a different player in Vegas. Oh, and not to mention, whenever you have someone like Victor Wembanyama on the other side, you imagine that sometimes that raises the level for these competitors, and you know that Brandon Miller is a competitor. What's your level of concern, if any, here, Perk? It's none. I mean, we're talking about his second summer league game. Yeah. And we're talking about a 20-year-old. And what people have to realize is that every guy that goes in the top five is not a right-now guy. He may be a project. He may look good two or three years from now. That may be his start. I don't know. But I know this. Once he get around a guard, a point guard like LaMelo Ball, who's going to make the game easier for him, He's going to have better looks, better shots. It's not going to be that difficult. And a lot of people don't realize is that it's hard to play on a summer league team because you have a lot of guys, especially if the roster is not built to your liking, you have a lot of guys that are from overseas, a lot of guys that played in the G League last year, guys that are trying to get a contract or make a training camp roster or make a, a, a good impression. It's hard to mold and fit in or, or do your – thing because so many guys are play, playing with agendas and they're not even hitting. So I'm not blaming that for his lack of production. I'm just saying give the man time. We're only two games into right. his summer league, into his NBA season. He's going to be just fine. Yeah, we haven't even gotten to Vegas yet. This is where things get fun. And speaking of Vegas and speaking of Brandon Miller, Victor Wembanyama, his summer league debut, it's set for tomorrow night against the Charlotte Hornets, against Brandon Miller. It's already sold out, Brian. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, so here's what I'd say about Victor. Um, you know, he has a bit of an advantage here because he played all the way into mid-June with his team. Well, these other guys haven't played, for the most part, competitive basketball since the spring. Um, but at the same time, he's facing a radical change going from FIBA-style basketball to American-style basketball. I would just say... The thing about Victor, if you watched him during the season in France, which I did a lot of. Yes, you did. He has periods where he will go five or six minutes and not do much and sometimes look like he's off balance. And you'll say, what are we talking about? What is all the fuss over? And then he will go five or six minutes where he'll drop your jaw six times in like seven possessions. So um, give him some space. I will say this. People are going to say, Malika, when they see him, when they see how light he is out there and he gets mm -hmm. knocked around, people are going to say, 
The league is too physical for him. He can't handle the bodies of summer league. I'm just going to tell you, the French league has big, grown, 28 to 32-year-old men. He got bumped around. It's very physical. Trust me, he can handle it. He was the MVP of that league. So just, just, just keep that in mind as you watch him play tomorrow night. Yes, Burke. Yeah, but that's life. That's life overall, right? You could be doing something great, and all the haters are going to find the negative instead of finding the positive. That's you know life what? in general. I needed that sermon today, Kendrick Perkins. Thank you so much, my friend. <laughs> Tonight, it's the final night of Summer League, though, in Salt Lake City before we head to Vegas. We've got Thunder Sixers on ESPN with coverage starting at 7 o'clock Eastern. These games are all leading up to the NBA 2K24 Summer League. That starts Friday in Las Vegas. And, oh, baby, we will be there, and it is supposed to to be hot the Packer tank tops. Next up on NBA Today, Bobby Marks, he joins the show with some under-the-radar teams who could have some interest in trading for Damian Lillard. But what do those packages look like? Hmm, we will discuss. Plus, a lot of changes are going on up north. What could the Raptors do about Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi this offseason? Interesting. And another player who hasn't been extended yet, Celtics All-Star Jalen Brown. We have the latest on his potential Supermax contract extension. We'll be back right after this. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Damian Lillard shutting the door on the Jets. Lord with his 33rd game of 30 or better. We've pretty much fallen out of the race for the 10th spot. Plus, we go out there and win every game. The Blazers go to 33-49. and 49. A season full of ups and downs. And not really uh, any moments of consistency. Out of those teams, which one would you be like, eh, that's not too bad? <laughs> Miami, obviously. <laughs> Dame Willard, as you know, at the end of the season, made it clear he did not want to play with another young player. The Portland Trailblazers select... Scoot Henderson. And now Lillard has asked for a trade. He prefers a trade to the Miami Heat. I've been in the league long enough to know that you know things don't always work out the way you want to see it work out. Welcome back to NBA Today. Joining our illustrious group now, ESPN front office insider Bobby Marks. So Bobby, we've spent a ton of time discussing Damian Lillard. We know his desire is to be traded to Miami, but... You have a couple of dark horse franchises that could make some appealing packages for Dame. What you got? Uh, first team is New Orleans, Malika here. And I look at the Pelicans when they have seven of their own first round picks. They got a first round pick from the Lakers in 2024. They have a future first from Milwaukee. 
Now here's the hard part. If they're not willing to part ways with CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram, or potentially Zion Williamson, how do you get the math to work when you look at a potential Damian Lillard deal? The numbers just don't work if you're not willing to part ways with one of those players. Hmm. And CJ, Dame, that feels like it starts to get a little bit sticky there. Perk, what do you think? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm not giving up Brandon Ingram for damn show. Now, Zion, on the other hand, I might have to, you know, consider that because he hasn't been reliable. He hasn't been available. So if I'm Portland and I got an opportunity to maybe get my hands on a Zion Williamson for Dame and some draft picks, I might have to pull the trigger on it. But again, it just comes down to what Dame wants. And I think, again, I'm going to harp on this again. Dame has to open up his list more. It can't just be the Miami Heat if he's just trying to win, if it's all about winning or competing for a championship. Yeah, we know Miami is preferred. Again, these are just potential trades that we could see. Give us another wild card here for Dame, Bobby. Well, wild card and the X factor, I think, is the Utah Jazz. Look at this team, 14 first-round picks in the next seven years. Three from Cleveland, three from Minnesota. They've got a Lakers first round pick. And Malika, they've got the contracts to go out and do a Damian Lillard deal without touching their infrastructure. That doesn't mean Laurie Markkinen or Walker Kessler or John Collins or Jordan Clarkson has to be part of any deal. They've got Talon Horton Tucker and Kelly Olynyk to make the math work here. And I think if Utah wants to accelerate this rebuild or retooling that started last year, they've got the picks. And they certainly have the players to go all in for Damian Lillard. Oh, I hear Perk under his breath saying, God bless America. Brian, what say you? The more I look at this, and the more I can understand what Portland's looking for, the more the Brooklyn Nets make sense to me. If I had to bet on it, I would say it's probably still going to be the Heat. But the reason the Nets make sense is that they, as I said earlier, they don't have their draft picks to trade. They can trade other teams' picks so that, that, so that Portland isn't, doesn't have to worry about Brooklyn not being good to get good picks. And the picks that they have potentially good, especially down the line, especially 28, 29, 30. The other thing is Brooklyn is primed to contend now. They have Mikhail Bridges. They have Cam Johnson. They, they, are, they don't control their own draft. Their draft is controlled by the Houston Rockets. They're not in a rebuilding mode. They're trying to win now. Uh, it's been purported that they would be interested potentially in Tyler Hero as a potentially offshoot of a Miami-Portland trade. That's fine. How about Dame Lillard? <laughs> if you're going to try to get Taylor Hero, you might as well try to get Dame Lillard. So I'm just going to keep an eye on the Nets sort of laying there in wait mm. um, if Miami can't do it because it just makes sense. If Portland prioritizes draft picks, the Nets have a better package. And I know Dame wants to be in Miami. I know it. But I also know Brooklyn, New York City, on a contending team, is not a bad consolation prize. No, not a bad consolation prize. I do think of the one that, you know, Mark said, the taxes down in Miami, very, very different in New York City, Perk. Of the three that we just <laughs> laid out, what do you think? Nothing. Nothing. Nah. I'm still okay. I'm still hoping. Nah, I'm I'm still going on my Celtics. I'm keeping hope alive. Okay. You know, I feel like they got a way they could make a way. And and, and again, when I talked about Jason Tatum and his recruiting skills, like jump on the plane with Deuce. Bring little Tatum <laughs> with Deuce and go fly out there. Y'all have a sit down with Dame Dollar and Lil Dame and y'all make this happen. 
Like, it's, it's, it's ways to work this. It's, you know, you got to be able to have and pitch and have and work on those type of skills. It's just like me, you know what I'm saying, when I'm in the church house. Damn it, I be preaching so much, I, I almost make the pastor start listening to me. That's how hard you got to sell this if you're Jason Tatum. You got to go into there. You got to do everything you can to get Dame Dollar to Boston. Your recruit skills got to pick up. This can't be FaceTime. Producer Perk, Pastor Perk, we love all the versions of Sign Perk. Sign up to Dame Perk. <laughs> that, yeah, it also, yeah it's, it's, it's the GM Joe Cronin, what's going to happen there. Bobby, before we get to free agents, which I do want to do here as the market sort of continues to dry up, is there an avenue for Boston? Just, just so Perk doesn't get his hopes up too, too much? I, I don't see it unless Jalen Brown is involved. And I think if you're Portland, to acquire a player that's on a, the one, on a last year of his contract, he wouldn't be super max eligible, certainly extension eligible six months from now. I think that's a big risk when you look at from the Trailblazers' perspective as for a player that could potentially walk away. If it's not Jalen Brown, I don't see a path when, it, when you look at Derek White and Malcolm Brogdon and Robert Williams, even if there are three or four picks involved there. Yeah, I really, I don't want to burst your bubble perk. I just want to make sure that we have all the facts mm. laid out as we turn our attention to some of the extension eligible players that could be seeing some huge paydays. Jalen Brown is one of them. And then later on in the summer, don't forget about Anthony Davis, Giannis Attentacumpo. But I think a question for a lot of folks right now, Bobby, is what the heck? What's going on with Jalen Brown and the Celtics? Why is there not an extension already done here? Well, listen, the number is up to $303 million. That's what it potentially could look at. And when you look at players that have extended extensions, uh, super maxes before, everyone has gotten the full 35% yep. except for Rudy Gobert. Mm -hmm. And it is negotiable. You do not have to give the full 35%. So when you're looking at it, is there a sticking point with that? Is there a player option involved here? And I think before you know, Boston is co committing $300 million for the first next five years, there certainly would have to be a little bit of a compromise where you do not want a player becoming a free agent four or five years from now. Bobby, I'm curious, you first and then Brian, are there any other extension eligible players? We just showed a few that you're keeping an eye on other than Jalen Brown. Yeah, I have my eye in, in, in Toronto. You just lost Fred Van Vliet to Houston. Pascal Siakam is extension eligible for for $192 million. He's also Supermax eligible next year if he earns All-NBA this year. And then you look at OG Ananobi, who's four for 116. Both players potentially could be unrestricted free agents next offseason to the top free agents. I just think Toronto cannot afford both players to hit the open market next year. What about you, Brian? DeJounte Murray in Atlanta, they played three, they paid three first round picks for him last summer. If you're not going to extend them, you cannot risk losing him for nothing. So that's a big thing um, that, you know, that Atlanta has to deal with. Um, I think that they can work out a deal there, but it's just a matter of getting it done. We're going to have to keep our eyes peeled for that over the coming days, the coming weeks, as we continue to march on in this free agency. Bobby, thank you, as always, for spending the time. Coming up on NBA Today, Ramona Shelburne, she is here with us because Brianna Stewart did something last night that has never been done in New York Liberty history. We're going to tell you what that is on the other side. Keep it locked. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back to NBA Today. Ramona Shelburne is here with us. Let's get to some WNBA action between the Wings and the Aces here. We're going to pick this one up in the second quarter. Natasha Howard, catch and shoot. That's good. There's been some incredible action in the W this year. Tied game. Oh, this game was fun, Malika. It went back and forth all game long. One more time. Cutting, eye off the glass, gets it to go. The Aces take a one-point lead. And they swing. Swing, swing. Get the corner three to go. They too good. The Aces? Yep. Yeah, they're rolling. 16 and 1 and 0. Chelsea Gray, Chandice Parker, there goes Asia. Love watching the Aces always, but that's the appetizer to the main course because Brianna Stewart was just on fire in this Mercury game. Once again, Stewie going to work, elevates, gets that to go. Stewie again. She had 26 points through the first three quarters. Going to work. At this point, there's nothing you can do about that. Good contest. She's just she's just in Liberty starting to gel. Up to 12 and 4, 8 and 2 in their last 10 games. Took a little while for them to come together, but they certainly are now. Stewie had 43 points, 12 rebounds. The Liberty end up getting the win 99 to 95. Here's just for good measure. One more from Stewie. High floater and they get the win. Now, Stewie joined Candace Parker, the only players to go for 40, 10 boards, and five assists in a WNBA game. Stewart also now has the two highest scoring games in Liberty franchise history in her first year with the team. And I mentioned it, Ramona, we've seen so many incredible performances in the W this year, but I want to get to some news that you reported earlier. Brianna Stewart, along with Nafisa Collier, they're, they're starting a, a new yeah. women's league. What more can you tell me about Unrivaled? Yeah, so what we've been talking about for the last couple of years is this prioritization rule of the WNBA and it goes into full effect in 2024 and what it means is if you are not back from your overseas commitments by the start of WNBA training camp you can't play the whole season that's right. it and that really affects the foreign market for players where it was already a tough a, a tougher go with the Russian market closing nobody's going to play there after what happened to Brittany Griner um, other things have closed off Turkey still has some some opportunities with Fenerbahce which is where Brianna Stewart plays but a lot of those leagues go all the way through the middle of May and that would restrict those players who are on those big contracts overseas from getting back to the states in time to start WNBA training camps nobody wanted to see that happen and so Nafisa Collier from the Minnesota Lynx and Brianna Stewart started talking and they came up with this idea of founding their own league that would run from January through March 
It's going to be three on three in a single site, so they don't have to worry about travel. Yep. Just all the players would live in Miami. The games would be on a sound stage, so it's going to be very entertainment focused. And it's three on three, which is a different kind of game. I talked to Chelsea Gray, who is one of the players who's committed to playing this new league, which they're fundraising for, but they expect to launch in January of 2024 as an alternative to playing overseas. That if they can make the amount of salary, which is they, they say they're going to make a salary that's commensurate to what they make in the WNBA, in the maximum salary. In WNBA is $230,000, so not as much necessarily as the seven-figure contracts they make in Turkey or what they used to make in Russia, but in line to the point where you don't have to go overseas. Chelsea was really excited about the idea of just picking up where the WNBA leaves off. Like she says, you know, we play for a couple of months and then people forget about us until the next season because we're playing overseas. This gives Brianna Stewart and Nafisa Collier and the top 30 players in women's basketball an opportunity to start a new league, to give another offseason option. And I, I'm curious to see where this goes because 3 3 is a different game. Right. Like very different game. Chelsea very. Gray goes, I'm going to have to start training for that. Like if, I, if I'm on an island, there's no Candace Parker behind me <laughs> defensively. There's right. no Asia Wilson behind me defensively. It's three on three. Exactly. It's kind of you, you have two teammates, and, and that's it. And you mentioned it, the funding already underway, yeah. starting to look good. But why is there this belief, Ramona, that these women think, you know what, this is actually going to work? Well, one, there's a belief in the WNBA and women's sports in general. There's also a belief in the idea that if you have 30 of the best players and the best stars in the WNBA committed to this league and playing in this league, it's something people are going to want to watch. And I think that's the that's if you can pay them an equitable salary, if you can pay them something that makes sense for them financially, um, you know, Stars want to play. Brianna Stewart said, stars want to play. We want to stay home. She and her wife are about are expecting their second child. Yep. She has enjoyed, she said, I enjoyed playing in Turkey. I took Ruby, her, her, her daughter, um, to play in Turkey this year. But with, with child number two, it's harder. Nafisa Collier said, I've always been a homebody. I, you know, arranging child care overseas is difficult. But I like being home for the holidays. So this gives an opportunity for stars to stay home. It's something that people have been trying to do forever. But they think they have the right formula here, especially if they get the buy-in from the top players, which they already feel very good about. Well, and to that point, I love the sentiment that Nafisa Collier shared. She said, Stewie and I, we both have daughters. Yeah. It's our responsibility to show them and every young girl that looks up to us that sometimes you don't got to wait your turn. You can either beg for a seat at the table or you can build your own table. And we are Ooh. building our own tables. Ramona Shelburne, thank you so very much. Saturday on ESPN, we're going to actually have an exclusive announcement of the WNBA All-Star rosters at 1 o'clock Eastern. That's followed by the WNBA Countdown team who's going to get you set for that matchup between the Storm and the Liberty. That's coming up at 2 o'clock. So to come on our show, back to the NBA we go, because now that Grant Williams, he's off the free agency market, who's the best of the rest? We're going to discuss that coming up in 60 seconds. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. NBA 2K24 revealed its cover athlete earlier this morning. Take a look at this. Kobe Bryant will grace the cover. This for the 25th anniversary of the franchise. Love that. And to honor the 18-time All-Star, five-time champion. And there are actually two covers. The Kobe Bryant edition 
and the Black Mamba edition. And since this is the 25th anniversary, here's just a little look back at the original NBA 2K. Allen Iverson was the first featured athlete. He was coming off his third NBA season when he led the league in scoring. Gotta love the fresh cornrows. Plus, this is Kobe's fourth time as the NBA 2K cover athlete. His first appearance came in NBA 2K10. This is the same year he won his fifth NBA title. And then Kobe also made the cover in 2017, 2021, and now again in 2024. He's an 18-time All-Star, two-time Finals MVP, two-time Olympic gold medalist, and Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Famer. Real quick, I want to get some NBA news in. Our senior insider, Adrian Wojnarowski, he reported last night that the league's adding a new in-season tournament. Vegas is going to play host. The final four will be played December 7th and then the 9th, and each player on a winning team will get $500,000. Way more exclusive details coming up this Saturday when NBA Today is live from the NBA Con at Mandalay Bay. We're going to explain how it all works. Don't you worry. Every location, group drawings, we're going to even show you the trophy. Plus, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver, he's going to be joining us. Victor Wembanyama is going Whoa, to be Whoa, it's there. a lineup. Anthony Edwards, Cade Cunningham, Paolo Bencaro, Trey Young, Steve Kerr, the Jabberwockies, even Cirque du Soleil. Should Richard get in a unitard tumble across absolutely the state? Absolutely not. I think absolutely yes. Find out Saturday, 7.30 Eastern on ESPN. Now for real this time, we'll be back in 60 seconds. I'm, I could go for the blue man group, though. Okay. Pay the blue. Welcome back to NBA Today on this fine Thursday. So, Ramona, I don't know if you were able to catch earlier in the show. Perk's going through it. After seeing the departures of Marcus Smart, after seeing the departure of Grant Williams, he said he's not feeling great about what the Celtics are doing. He's waiting. He's waiting for that other shoe drop to see what is going to happen. So, Perk, I'm here with Ramona to get you some help. Ramona, what else can the Celtics do here? What do you think that they are lacking? I mean, I, I'm with you, Perk. I, I I understand why you're sad about the Celtics because they keep trading, uh, they keep trading defense for offense. They're trading the soul, the identity of that team, and trying to reinvent themselves. They're also stockpiling draft picks, it yep. seems like, and getting cheaper and staying out of the luxury tax. So let's let's give them a minute because they are in position to make a an impact trade if they want to do that. I don't think there's anything left really on the free agent market that would be of that kind of impact, but. They felt at the end of last season they had too many guards and not enough big, so they flipped the script. We know that a couple of years ago the conversation was, okay, the point guard, the point guard, what are the Celtics doing there? Is there one specific area, and I know it's a lot perk, that we can just boil down that you think the Celtics should try to add some depth at? No. (laughs) They just gave it away. (laughs) They literally just traded it away. Listen, all last season we kept talking about how the Celtics had the most complete team in the NBA. They yeah. wasn't lacking anything. And then all of a sudden, we talk, to, we talk about patience. And everybody keep jumping on me about patience. Well, it seemed like the Celtics are running out of patience. When you trade patience, when you trade your former defensive player of the year, heart and soul, and then you let Grant Williams, one of the most effective 3 and D guys in the league, a guy that's battle-tested, Grant Williams is battle-tested. He helped his team go to the NBA Finals, and you actually kind of let him walk out of the door for two second-round draft picks. I'm bothered. 
<laughs> I mean, and they might not be done dismantling things. Like, I think there are there's still a chance the Malcolm Brogdon Clippers trade reignites or those conversations reignite. Depends on what happens with the James Harden situation. Yeah, it so seems like still a few more dominoes that fit. But I don't, I don't. Only thing that's gonna have any good Burke news. Feel Burke. better is like Damian Lillard to the Celtics. That's the only thing that's going to make him feel better. Yeah. I do wanted to show everyone now that we're into free agency who some of the names are that are still available. If we could throw that up before the end of our show. There's some notable remaining free Restricted. agents there. Uh, Ramona, anything we should know? We have a couple seconds left. Here. I mean, I, you know, I think a lot of people are waiting to see what happens with Damian Lillard. A guy like Dario Saric. Let's see which contender I want to sign for on the minimum contract. Perk, Kelly we're gonna, we'll to try again tomorrow to help you out. Appreciate it. We'll see you then. From Las Vegas. <laughs>